0: Hey, thank you for joining me today on Hope for Heroes, Texas. This is Brad Cornell, where we serve those who serve us as they carry the weight of the badge. It's gonna be a long one, another graveyard shift. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Brad Cornell again here at Hope for Heroes. Go to HopeForHeroesTX.org. Man, I'm excited. Of course, the Weight of the Badge podcast you're listening to right now. And like I always do, is you know, the Weight of the Badge podcast is really just has different. We have officers on and first responders. I mean, from, you know, homicide detective we had in last week to a sniper um, that's up in Austin, and uh, we've had hostage negotiators on, firefighters on. And, man, I'm excited today because, you know, we're just civilians out here. And once they put the yellow tape up, we don't know what happens behind that. And what happens in the air when there's the eye in the sky? You know, we kind of get just cool to see them flying over and they got their lights on. We kind of see what they're what's going on up there. But we have no idea what really happens. And, man, am I ever blessed today. I have got an officer on today. He's not only the uh, been with the Austin PD for 16 years. He was He's a senior police officer, air support unit unit. Um, he's been in the Navy. Not only that, of course, he learned how to fly in the Navy, but also the Air Force. He's security in the Air Force. I mean, this, we're so blessed to have these guys up here that take care of us and watch over us. And we don't even realize. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, our officers are so special. And that's why we call them heroes. And that's what the weight of the badge is all about. And this gentleman, he carries a big weight of the badge. Um, He's got a wife and he's got five kids. That's a big weight to carry right there. But I want to tell you something he is a blessing to many, many people. And I am honored and blessed today to have one of the finest military veterans and flies now for apd and one of these days soon i hope i get to go up with them but help me welcome to the weight of the badge podcast and hope for heroes today clint dixon hello sir
1: brad i appreciate you having
0: me on well man i appreciate you coming on you know we i got so excited when i learned that you're going to come on and talk to us a little bit and kind of just kind of just give us a rundown of some things that you do and man i'll tell you what you are one superhero buddy i mean for what you do and how long you've been doing it up in uh, austin and just wanted to kind of you know we're out here seeing what you do but we don't really know what happens behind the scenes and how it all works so uh what what made you want to be an officer
1: Man, to be honest, with you, all those compliments you just threw out—I don't feel like I'm worthy of any of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> well, I, do I, I, I got into it because it was fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it for 16 years. Um, it's 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 a it's a different world now than it was when I uh, came on the department for certain. Um, policing has changed in general all over the country, as we all know. Um, and I'll be honest, with you, I don't believe any of it's for the better, no. in my opinion. But um, it's a different world, but I came on because I thought this was fun and I've enjoyed it for 16 years. And, uh, the same thing with the military. I had a blast doing that. So a lot of it was not about anything to do with being a hero so much as it was. I just enjoyed doing it and I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed being there, and enjoyed helping people out. I know it's kind of a cliche thing to say, but it is. Oh, no. I don't know a whole lot of people that get into this business because they don't like people. So Yeah, well, that's a big, uh, <laughs> yeah
0: big you're problem. called to do what you do. I mean, you put your life on the line and it's not like you make a ton of money and it's not like it's a it's something that you're, you know, every day you might not come home. That's why we always call the wives and you let her know that Hope for Heroes believe she's a superhero because if something happens to you, she's got five kids to deal with. And, um, well, i think she is too. So. yeah fantastic well hey what's it like you know here you are you're a helicopter pilot up in austin and what are your hours do you work at day and night or you work how's it how's it
1: work so we have a we have a day crew uh they're predominantly there for uh training purposes we're, so we're of any city our size we're probably the smallest uh, air support unit for a police department again anywhere near the size of our city and then we're now the tenth largest city in the country and we're probably the smallest group there's a total of guys that actually make the operation work. There's, there's six, seven of us. We're training the seventh. Oh, really? We have a sergeant and a lieutenant um, who oversee the division. But for the most part, it's it's six people that make the thing operate. No kid. We so how pilots. many? How many in it are in a helicopter? Is it just two of you? So yeah, you'll have a you have a pilot and you have the tactical flight officer or TFO, and the job is done, I and mean, we're there for the TFO's job. You got to have somebody wiggle sticks to make the thing get up there. But at the end of the day, the whole job is for the tactical flight officer. and He's, he is the eyes in the sky. He's the voice. He's the one that's, uh, you know, calling out uh, perimeters or, or calling out pursuits, whether it's via foot or uh, vehicle pursuits. Um, he's the one finding guys in the tree lines. And then on top of that, we do other missions. We do firefighting. Uh, we do search and rescue, uh, which we, we kind of complement our, local uh helicopter ems unit which is called Starflight. uh they're the pros at the rescue stuff and we learned a lot from them and we're getting more involved in training with them so we're kind of a broad mission set it's not just about the law enforcement side but yeah um the TFO is is the second person in the ship, like he asked, and that's pretty much what the job is for.
0: Well, let's say let's just say it's me, and I'm driving in my car like I stole it, and I crash, and I take off. When do they know to call you in? I mean, I'm in the trees, and I'm running, and I'm you know wild man. And when do they? How does that all work? When you know it's like to call you in? How's that? What
1: happens? So, so usually, uh, so kind of going back to your first question, when we work. So the guys that actually work the flight schedule, we work three P to three A. And then we're pretty much on call the other 12 hours. Oh, wow. Um, so when we're at work, if a, if a vehicle pursuit kicks off, um, usually immediately once the guy or gal takes off running, they'll call for us on the radio and we launch. And our goal is to get over the top of the pursuit where the officers can can back off significantly, which stops pushing the suspect to drive erratically or recklessly or, or anything that puts the public in in jeopardy. And so our goal is to get up top and and be able to see everything that's going on, have the officers back off, which, again, is going to make the whole situation a lot safer in in the long run. And then at the same time, be able to maintain eyes on the suspect and see if they toss things out the vehicle or when they do stop. It's usually rarely does a car initiate a pursuit and then just stop and give up. It's usually a foot bail and then the chase will be on the foot side.
0: Yeah, do you have infrared? Do you guys have infrared cameras and all that up there?
1: Yeah, we have, we have some pretty incredible technology on those ships. Um, we do have uh, FLIR cameras on one of our ships, and the other one we use a, another company called Westcam. Um, they're both um, 1080, high-definition, um, day color cameras, if you will. Uh-huh. And then we also have the FLIR technology, which is infrared, um, thermal, and all that good stuff.
0: Oh wow! So when you're flying over a, uh, uh, how do you find them? I mean, is it just is it is it easier than it looks? I mean, because from the ground, well, I'm well, always like, how in the heck do they find these guys?
1: It's kind of funny because flying the ship, watching the guys do their job, I'm like, how in the heck did you find that guy? <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you, and I'm sitting right next to him. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's 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 a very complicated job. As a matter of fact, when I went to the TFO program, and I only TFO for a couple of years before I switched over to the pilot side, it's by far the hardest job i've ever had really uh, the, the learning curve is super steep i believe LA, so lapd has the largest air support unit in the country um and then and, and nypd as well yeah and their statistics say it's only about a 33 percent pass rate for guys that come in the program to actually become a fully qualified tfo it is, it is a it is a extremely intellectual job and then it is an extremely tasks uh saturated job and the things those guys do is it's really impressive. I'd love like to be able to get you up one of these days so you can see it yourself.
0: So. Oh, I want to go. My gosh, I can't wait. Let me ask you a question. So, so when when you're flying this and then you've got the, your, your guy next to you and he's tracking these guys, does he call out, like, how do you know which way to go? I mean, are you watching pretty much, is he calling out? Because uh, you got to watch for, imagine, you know, other, other, uh, in the area, planes or antennas, I guess, or I don't know how high you fly, but I mean, is there a certain uh, height you maintain so that? So,
1: so, yeah, we spend, I spend half my day, uh, dodging other aircraft in towers <laughs> and towers. Yeah, That's exactly, scary. Exactly. You're exactly correct about that. Um, on the TFO side though, the, uh, going back to the, uh, to the FLIR technology, what they're looking at, at nighttime anyways, is, is essentially a black and white picture. And they're looking for heat sources and and dependent upon your body's response to whatever action you've taken depends upon how much you perspire, how hard your heart's beating, how hot your internal temperature is getting. And those things stand out more. And uh, that's one of the big reasons, going back to your question about the flying side, that's one of the big reasons why uh, through our industry, the standard is you go become a TFO first before you switch over to the pilot side. And that is so you can learn the game. You can learn what the TFO needs, what the, t- the way the TFO is going to need the aircraft set up for them, and things like that. So when the operation is happening, and he's saturated with radios going off constantly, uh, you don't really need to communicate. The communication is already done through experience. And if they need anything outside of what you know they need, and they just tell you.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, how, so that infrared picks something up. Is it a half mile away, quarter mile away? How far do you have to be away before it
1: picks up? Oh gosh, no! We can go. We can be five five thousand five hundred feet. Oh my gosh! And and multiple miles offset, and still be able to. Now we're not going to read a license plate like that, but we can absolutely keep up with a vehicle taking off or somebody running.
0: Yeah. So how have you had any, any pursuits where you lost them?
1: Oh, absolutely! Uh, two weeks ago, we followed a group <clears throat> that was in from Houston that had been doing a lot of uh, uh, burglaries in our area, specifically uh, invading homes at night without homeowners having any idea and then stealing cars. Oh, wow. One of our, uh, intelligence groups was following this, this group off. And, uh, they started thinking that the suspects were catching on what they were doing. So they call us out and we followed this guy around for about two hours, landed, got gas, went back out, started in a bass drop. And we ended up almost in Johnson city. And then we punched into the clouds because it was pitch black out there. And we had no idea. And the forecast in and, and the Austin area was nothing like what it ended up being out there. And uh, the Johnson City area, and uh, so we ended up like I said, we punched in the clouds and we lost everything, and we had to get ATC to help us get home. And uh, so we we absolutely lost them. But as it would be, as we were coming back toward the city and we get out of the clouds, the guy decided to turn back around when the cops stopped chasing him, and he drove right back underneath us. So we were able to reacquire him and pursue him again, and we end up catching him. So it's it's a cat and mouse game. It's what it is. God knows it ain't. No easy task keeping us safe
0: under the weight of the bag. Folks, if you haven't been to a Hope for Heroes greeting, you're probably wondering what it's all about. What we do is get an officer and their family from around the state of Texas. They come into town, they have a free room here at the Bevy Hotel. They know they're getting that, and they're going to get a gift card for the town. They pull in, but they have no idea when they pull up to the front lobby that inside that lobby is a ton of people just waiting for them. The reason is, is we care so much about what our heroes do and how special they are that when they walk in that lobby, oh my word, they get blasted with how much we love them, how special they are. And of course, the people that are showing up, they show up at 9:30 in the morning, get some breakfast tacos and some coffee, and just fellowship until the officers get there. And it's an experience that you're not going to want to miss. Let's get back to our hero carrying the weight of the badge.
1: Kids
0: his he said, I'm gonna be right. Well, Clint, have you had any close calls or are you all of a sudden looked up and there's a tower looking at you in the face? I mean, have you come? Because, you know, you never hear about you guys really <laughs> crashing. It's very rare when it happens so, that we know
1: about anyway. So I haven't had a lot of close calls with towers, and a lot of that is because the advancement of all the technology we have in the aircraft and it gives us a pretty good idea of what anything is around us or in our general area that we're orbiting or flying and you're all right we fly low and we fly on goggles so that helps a lot being able to see through EVGs. Um but again the the biggest killer in in uh in aviation is it's called inadvertent IMC, which is basically going from flying under visual conditions to all of a sudden being in the clouds. And there's a lot of illusions that come along with it. <clears throat> disorientation being one of the biggest and, uh, it's, it's just, it's the biggest killer in aviation. And so that was probably the closest thing I've had to, uh, you know, your butt cheeks eating the seat yeah. the <laughs> much in the clouds, not expecting it. And in a helicopter, I'm an airplane guy as well. It's a lot easier in an airplane. It's a much more stable environment, but in a helicopter, it can get sporty real quick.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, so when you get, do you know the clouds are coming or all of a sudden, boom, they're there, especially at now night, I guess. Huh?
1: Yeah. That specific night, it was, it's pitch black. Uh, so you don't, you know, we're we'll, like, again, we're going out toward Johnson County. There's no lights out there. And, uh, I put my goggles on to, cause it had gotten so dark and I was coming around the vehicle that was, that we were pursuing in an orbit. And when I'd come back to basically level the the, the aircraft out, looked over the TFO screen to make sure that he was set up. I looked back up and they said, oh, we in the clouds. So wow. That was, uh, was a little nerve wracking moment.
0: Yeah. I bet it was. Wow. Doggone it. That's, uh, that's gotta wake you up. So you have – now, did you, did you start in patrol at all, or did you, you went straight to helicopter?
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Everybody, everybody at APD has to do a certain amount of years in the street before they can apply for specialized units. So I, I did patrol for about uh, six years, I guess. I, I went to a couple of different shifts, night shifts, evening shifts, and day shift. And then I went to uh, another unit, another specialized unit. It's called uh, Metro Tactical or Street Response, which is basically a street-level – uh, tactical narcotics response team. Um, we have like an undercover side, which does, uh, narcotics transactions, uh, prostitution operations, um, kind of hotspots that maybe in the area that we're responsible for covering that patrol can't get to or doesn't have the time to deal with. And then we'll, and then back in the day when I was on it, we'd set up, um, raids and things like that uh, with our narcotics guys. And yeah, it was a, it was a fun, fun place to be.
0: Well, you really are, man, you're needed big time. Let me ask this question because, you know, we've, we hear so much about it and we don't really pay much attention to it as civilians down here. Um, (laughs) act like we're flying down here. Um, (laughs) what about lasers? Tell me about lasers. You know, you all these guys talking about, you know, uh, a plane will fly over and they hit them with their laser. Do you ever encounter any laser stuff?
1: I'd say probably twice a week, at least. No way. Uh, yeah, the FAA actually declared Austin, Texas, as the worst place in the country for uh, uh, laser incidents.
0: So tell me what happens. So when you're talking about a laser, are you talking like a giant one or just one you buy at the store, at the sporting goods stop shop? I mean, is it
1: what's? It, it doesn't. They don't. It doesn't really matter. Uh, really? Yeah. From, so again, you know, being in the sky, I'm not seeing what what the actual laser at hand looks like. I'm just seeing the actual lazing part of it. Uh, but it'll light up our entire cockpit. Really, uh, so really, it's extremely bright, and, and a lot of times it's not even us that gets hit. It'll be, you know, Southwest is coming in on approach, or you know, Delta that just departs, and they'll call and say, "Hey, we're we're getting you know laser illuminated," and where where it gets uh, dangerous for us, especially, is being low level, like you talked about with all the towers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but if that get if that hits you straight in the eyeball, you take a straight eye shot, and it you know doesn't even if it's just a partial. Partial second of, of of hindering your vision. It can be it can be pretty uh, consequential. So you get do You get them. I mean, what does it is it? Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 like a needle in a haystack, right? Yeah. It's, it gets pretty tough, and that you know you went back to talking about the TFO job earlier. And that's again kind of where they where they shine is they can find that needle in the haystack. So, so they find them, and
0: then you call them out to position where they're at, and
1: yeah. A lot of times we'll try to play play dumb and we'll stay off to the side where we maybe when we got hit and we'll just kind of orbit around and keep them keep them on the camera and then uh, they'll start working with patrol guys to get them in position. And, and interestingly enough, it's just as tough as it is to do that. we we'll, we'll probably find them more often than not.
0: Really? Is there, is there a, what's a conviction for that? I mean, these guys get in serious
1: trouble. Yeah. So it's a, it's a federal offense. Um, so our guys will go out and make contact with them, seize the, seize the laser, uh, take any type of statement and then uh, fully identify them and all that stuff. And then all that gets forwarded to the FBI. And then on our end, we have reports we fill out that goes through the same FBI unit as well as through the FAA yeah, um, safety team.
0: Now, do you do life flight type things? Like If somebody's shot, do you fly in and help pick them up? Or you guys are just, you're not there for that?
1: So technically, we're not there for that, no. But okay. if one of our guys was to uh, get shot on a call that we were on, we'd absolutely land him and throw him in the back. Yeah. Get to the hospital for sure.
0: Wow. Well, you know, Clint, it's just amazing what you guys do. I mean, you know, I always always uh, have been intrigued with the when well, I say the better word, the eye in the sky, which are of course you guys that the, what you do and how dangerous it is. I don't think we realize sometimes because you don't hear much about anything happening. That's cause you guys are such professionals at what you do. Are there many ladies flying these? Do
1: you have no, any lady there, pilots? There, there is uh not that I know of, but but for our, our unit specifically. We just brought the first female on. The unit's been around 23 years, I believe, this year, and she, we just brought a, a female on. It's going through the TFO pipeline right now, and she's she's awesome. She's going to be she's going to be great at what we do. But there's not, you know, just kind of there's just not a whole lot of uh, females that are involved in it. But they're they're coming online like they are in an, any other unit. Yeah, and uh, she's a hell of a lot smarter than any of us. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, well, well, the TFO job do they are they also uh, say you fall asleep. Because you've been up too long. Do they Can they fly also?
1: So that's one of the things that, <clears throat> so when I, when I got in the unit, um, coming from military aviation, I was kind of shocked that the TFOs were never trained uh, how to fly. Not, not not necessarily being a pilot, but at least being able to take the controls in an emergency situation. Yeah. And do what the aircraft needs, do what needs to be done with the aircraft to save their own life. essentially, if something was to happen to the pilot. Yeah. And so over the last several years, we've really started incorporating the TFOs in the flight environment as well as learning how to operate the GPSs and things of that nature to where they can figure out where they're at, um, how to get to an airport, uh, things like that. And they've, I think they've enjoyed it, but uh, they've gotten really good at operating the helicopter. Oh,
0: that's good.
1: Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of the point I made from the start, is at the end of the day, if you know the pilot takes around, or has a medical issue or something like that. and You're a perfectly healthy, able-bodied person, and you have no idea how to control a helicopter. You're just there. To watch yourself die.
0: Yeah, for sure. Did you ever have you taken fire? I mean, did
1: guys shoot at you? Uh, me personally, no. But some of the other crews in our uh, unit have taken have taken fire. Um, there was a SWAT incident several years back, uh, kind of over there in south yeah, deep southwest Austin, and the guys started firing rounds at the aircraft and. Uh, they basically just told the FA they were going to black out, so they turned all the anti-collision lights off and everything like that. So all they were was just noise in the, noise no, in the, sky. In the sky. And they were able to keep maintain visual on the suspect and SWAT did their wow. deal and, and took care of it. But uh, it's a uh, <clears throat> it's an interesting environment for sure.
0: Do you have bullet? Is it bulletproof glass or is there anything underneath it that can stop anything? Or it's just kind of you're out there.
1: Nope, you're just out there. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Clint, is whatever we suck up, I guess.
0: I'll tell you what, you're one kind of hero, buddy. I'm telling you, not only in the sky, you're just up there with, you don't have anything. I thought we'd have some kind of bulletproof something. So yeah, I'm gonna, but, if I'm going up with you, I'm going to bring some bulletproof glass with me yeah, and sit yeah, on yeah, it or something, right. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, bud. I just can't begin to tell you how, how much we appreciate you, and you are a hero. I know you don't uh, see yourself as one, but we sure do here at Hope for Heroes see you as one. And uh I just want to thank you for taking the time. I know you're busy, got all these things going on, but taking 20 25 minutes to come and talk with me, it really is interesting. I know it's just mundane, everyday stuff to you. It's what you guys do. You're so professional, so awesome, and you're out there to protect us. They're out there, you know, it's just uh you know, without you, we'd be in big trouble. And I hope this country starts turning around and realizing just how incredible you guys are. And without you, we're in big trouble. So uh I just want to thank you, Clinton. thank you for what you do, putting it out there on the line for us. And I uh, look forward to meeting you personally and going up with you and spending some time with you. And Hope for Heroes is here for you 24-7 if we can ever do anything for you.
1: Brad, I, it's people like you that are going to make, uh, make everything change. Right? It's not us. We've been around a long time. We're always going to be, you know, we're always going to be the face of a system that people don't like. But it's people like you that will make change the whole hearts and minds, if you will. And I can't tell you how much on our end we appreciate folks like you and the, the, the things you're doing, That's sacrificing your own time, uh, trying to get a, a good message out. So I, from from bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it.
0: Well, you, we're, we're honored, buddy, to, to be in the same, uh, same team as you. And God bless you and your family. And, again, I look forward to seeing you soon. And you just uh, stay safe, my friend.
1: You as well. And I look forward to seeing you too, buddy. I do it for us. And I do it for them
0: under the weight of the badge Hey folks, wow, I hope you enjoyed that. It's amazing what these men and women do as they carry the weight of the badge. And we sometimes forget how incredible they are. But they're called to do what they do. So you know what, when you see one, give them a wave, give them a smile. Things are tough out there for all of us sometimes. So take some time for yourself. Spend a little time in church and with your family. And uh, thank you for joining us today on Hope for Heroes, Texas. It doesn't weigh a lot until you put it on and the weight of it.